0: hi everyone and welcome to the go tech please don't die podcast a show devoted to tech going and hopefully
1: not dying i'm nathan i'm evan i'm josh
0: and uh this week we finally still do not have a football game to talk about
1: no football
2: november (sighs) yep that's uh that's officially true now we will not play a game i mean well I don't know. Maybe they'll we'll add a see. game this week, but we already, we speculated about that on last week's show and it didn't happen. So, uh.
0: so we're just not going to talk about it this time. Yeah. I'm yeah. starting to understand what Garfield's talking about because this is the second straight Monday that tech has had their football game canceled for the next Saturday. It's, it's no fun. It, it, it it's no fun far to far. talk about things that don't happen.
2: Yeah. Um, I was about halfway through typing out our FIU notes earlier today And uh, I stopped mid on all the notes. so um, Probably could reuse them next year. Maybe. If we
0: play FIU, (laughs) you never know.
2: Yeah, FIU is real bad. It was going to be fun to play them, I think. But uh, now we won't play them. And
0: And even if we did play them, we'd be missing some key contributors. The Bulldogs have had three players in the past week or so declare for the NFL draft and skip the rest of the season and whatever next year would have brought because of the the COVID nineteen risk rest- I guess what the opposite of a restriction is where they could have played next year. Uh Donovan Campbell, Adrian Hardy, and Justin Henderson, all three offensive players, they've all decided to try for the NFL draft.
2: Uh
1: I mean I saw Campbell and Hardy for sure, but Henderson seems weird to me.
0: I would have believed Henderson before this year, but I mean this is also a weird year, so who knows?
2: Yeah, I mean Look, I think first and foremost, obviously, like, who are we to tell these young men what to do with their lives, right? So, like, Get yeah, that go, money. go try to make money, right? Oh, like, yeah, that's, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think we would all agree on that. But, um, I mean, yeah, I, I think Donovan Campbell was the first to announce, and we were a little surprised, I would say, because, you know, he, he came in as a guard and then was kind of thrust into tackle play and didn't look great as a tackle, but... You know, he's got the measurables, certainly, of a, of a NFL offensive lineman. So hopefully he can go out and, you know, have a good pro day or combine or senior bowl or whatever, you know, whatever comes his way. Um, and, you know, a- another thing for all three of these guys, they're all fifth year seniors, I think, um, already. So, I mean, these guys are like 23 years old at this point, right? Yeah, so, it's,
1: time, it's time to get out.
2: <laughs> I mean, and honestly, I don't know if this is true or anything, but. Honestly, as far as I know, the NCAA didn't extend how many um, scholarships you can give out, but they gave everybody an extra year of eligibility. So tech may kind of be telling some guys, hey, you know, maybe uh, maybe your time here is is limited, right? I, I don't know that I, I'm not inside the program at all, but I don't know um, if you even
0: say that to any of these three guys though. That doesn't, these are three yeah. key contributors that I feel like you'd want back on your team if they wanted to stay for next year and you'd find somebody else to, to pull the for scally sure. but, from.
2: But I mean, th- there may be some an overall sentiment of like, Hey, Hey, you, you guys who are fifth year seniors, you know, if you're thinking about going to the draft, like you have our complete blessing because, you know, also they've already graduated all of them, I think. And I guess Donovan Campbell would have been a master's student already, but I don't know. It's yeah. it kind of it is what it is but like i said they're 23 years old they may have feel like they've gotten everything they can get out of their education and it's just time to move on right
0: yeah i mean yeah. hardy by himself i remember talking to some uh, utsa people when we were recording one of their podcasts i jumped on their show for a bit for uh, alamo dome audible and they mentioned how hardy was definitely going to be a draft pick next year and everything and i i believed them i guess but it's in the same situation that tech players have been in the past where it's well they were really good but were they good as good as Henderson was a few years ago or Taylor yeah. or or Quentin Patton or whatever but Hardy's been very good at tech he has the measurables that map out to the next level uh, he could stick here for another year but what else would he prove you could get hurt yeah. or whatever or or, or anything. Again, I and mean
2: even- I mean for for a wide receiver especially I mean it's really going to be it's gonna for for a guy like Hardy with his stats and with his you know coming from a G five program. What's gonna matter for him is what forty time he runs at the combine, right? And his like route running and stuff at his pro day or whatever. He didn't have the best season last season, and this year he was our number one target in a couple of our however many games we actually played. Um, so sh- certainly he could have come out and dominated like Trent Taylor and Carlos Henderson did. But at the end of the day, if he runs like a four four. He's going to get drafted, right? Like that's just, that's how it's going to be.
0: And then Henderson was underwhelming this year, but again, who knows, especially with running backs in the NFL, it's such a weird territory Uh, because I mean, who we're about to talk about in a second with the dogs in the NFL segment, Boston Scott, I didn't see him going and getting drafted. I definitely didn't see him starting some games or being second string in Philadelphia in a few years after his college career was over this week. He had eight touches for 50 yards and a kickoff return for 25 yards. Like who would have thought that going in? So those, yeah. those three guys hope they do well. Hope, hope they get drafted. Hope tech gets continues their streak of drafted players for another year. And hopefully even gets all three of them drafted.
2: Yeah. And, and one last thing on this, I mean, some people have been out there um, just speculating that, you know, all these guys have bad attitudes. They're leaving their program early. I mean, <laughs> look,
0: it may not be early.
2: Even in yeah. a normal year, like that's a that's a weak argument because it's just like, I mean, look, they, they feel like they need to do what's best for them. You have to tell the scout when the scout is interviewing you is like, look, yeah, I, I chose to sit out because I kept going to practice and all of my teammates around me were getting COVID and potentially giving it to me on a daily basis. And we, we hadn't played in three weeks when I decided to pack it up and just start training on my own and signing an agent on my own so that I could work out Right, like I don't don't even think
0: it's the the COVID side of it for the most part. Again, these are three people who have their own opinions and are making their own decisions for themselves. But the three or four or five or six or seven or eight weeks between games is a huge deal when it comes to college athletics. If this team plays North Texas next week, when the game was originally scheduled, I felt really good going into that game. Right now, if North Texas keeps playing and Tech hasn't until then, I don't know how that's going to go because so much has changed. And so... It's it's hard to keep practicing and keep that level up when you keep getting the game taken away from you at the end of the week. Yeah. And yep. so these guys may be doing this and and Henderson or or Hardy or whoever, they may have been able to keep up their their go get them attitude and keep leading the charge and showing up to practice every day and everything. But the rest of the team may not be. And they may, we may lay an egg in the next football game we play and that may reflect badly on them because the rest of the team is not playing well around them. So not right. that Tech is at the highest point that they've been all year or the past few years yeah. or anything, but might as well go ahead and and get ready for a draft, especially in a year that who knows how anything is going to look for the next few months.
2: Right. That's for sure enough about this and and I'm sure there will be some others maybe. You know, I did see on, on the Blue Tech Blue forums I think Eric Kenzers' mom or dad or somebody related to him is on the forums and said something like, you know, this is a really good opportunity because, you know, he got to get his degree playing football and now he gets another year of eligibility so he can get a second degree without,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
2: paying for it at all. So, you know, so for some of these guys, it's, it's going to be a really good opportunity for them to continue their education and, you know, also have a chance to, to prove that they can make it at the next level. But I mean, you can't fault a guy for saying, you know what, I'm twenty three years old, I have a bachelor's degree, I'm halfway through a master's that I don't even really want. Um yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna take my chances, right? Uh makes it a
0: quarter to too, now that I think about it. Yeah. That's that's you don't have another to register thing. for winter classes and if you're not really planning yeah. on even finishing them out. Yeah, you go ahead worry and worry about and leave now,
2: you know, actually passing your final exam. Not saying any of these guys were worried about that, but like, yeah, I, I think that timing is uh maybe part of it is like, hmm, I may not be eligible for the end of this season anyway, (laughs) right?
0: Yeah, I I mean, (laughs) quit before you get caught. Yeah, (laughs) so while Campbell, Hardy, and Henderson hope to make the NFL, let's talk about some guys that are already there. Uh, I mentioned Boston Scott's stats a second ago, but quick off, uh, Tremont Williams, Jeff Driscoll, Amik Robertson, Trent Taylor, and Vernon Butler all either didn't record stats or the teams were on by or whatever. But let's get to some of them guys that did put up some numbers.
2: Yeah, the the other the other two Baltimore players, uh Jelly Bean and Jalen Ferguson, Ellis had three tackles and Jay Ferg had one. Um, and then we've got Xavier Woods in Dallas. I'm not I, I keep forgetting to check if he still played all the snaps, so we'll just assume that he did. Um he had one tackle and a QB hit. And then in other news, Ryan Allen got released by the Titans, which uh makes confused no sense. all of the Titans um blogs. <laughs> To no end. Uh, I didn't check to see how the other guy punted yesterday, but um, yeah, he, he punted 50, 50.5 yards on eight punts in his one game as a Titan and got cut. So, all right. Yeah. They must know something we don't, I guess. Uh, I, yeah. I don't know.
0: To circle back, Xavier Woods did play 100% of the defensive snaps, so he keeps that streak going. He's played every single snap except for week four this year where he played all but one he's missed one snap all season
2: and hasn't he not missed a snap like since he was a rookie too something like that i wow
0: i thought that was a little more looking really quickly let's do this let's click on that and let's find out nope can't tell anyway let's go on to the next thing because that's about all that we can talk about football right now. We'll see if we'll be able to talk about North Texas next week. We're supposed to play that game, I believe, Thursday next and week. Hey, maybe so maybe
2: we'll have a maybe we'll have a a game to recap. Who knows? Well, also true. We'll see. We we don't know we, anything. We may
0: scramble and try to put together a midweek podcast if something gets scheduled. We'll see what happens. Who knows? Yeah. Well,
2: Who Thanksgiving. Knows? Well, Thanksgiving action
0: for you. Um, yeah, but some other stuff that's starting up around Thanksgiving basketball it's uh a little later this year than most years but it it always surprises you around the corner both men's and women's start off this week yeah men's against uh ut arlington and northwestern state women's against mcneese and grambling state got some either in-state schools or ut arlington which you know might as well be a louisiana school
2: yeah might as well i suppose it's not very far from uh from tech it's about four hours so
0: Yeah, so let's talk about the schools for a second then, I guess. Let's talk about UT Arlington first. Tech plays them on, what is it, Friday this year? Yes, Friday, November 27th, the day after Thanksgiving, Black Friday, Tech takes on UT Arlington. They are right now 0-0. and Then again, so is every other team in college basketball. Ken Palm predicts them to be 159th best team in the country. For reference, Tech is supposed to be around the 109th. So Tech should be better then the Mavericks, I think is what they are. Tech is predicted by Ken Palm to win 74 to 67, a 73% chance to win. Massey's kind of in line with that. 70 to 65 is how they predict that game going. Tech winning a 66% chance to win. You always find out a lot about a team in the first game of the year. And so we'll find out a lot about Tech. And I guess UT Arlington will find out a lot about themselves too. When the two face off. And the Louisiana Tech Tournament, that's what these first two games are. Again, I'd, I'd hate when you have a tournament and don't name it after something. Give it right. some sort of name. <laughs> but,
1: yeah. I, I love how we finally have a tournament and it's a pandemic year, so I probably won't go.
2: Yeah. I mean, it. Uh, what what could they name it after? If it's in Ruston, like, who do we want to get the uh, the naming rights to this? Yeah. It's I not mean, like you obviously- have ever
0: had a good basketball player come through Tech or live in Ruston. So I have no That's idea true. the kind of people you could name it after. There's just there's just, just no history there. The
2: GTPDD Invitational, but you know, yeah, we don't really have the I'm, sponsor sponsorship budget yet for that.
0: Yeah, if you guys would buy more masks, we could sponsor.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> don't let that be a reason. Anyway, let's talk about UT Arlington for a second. Last year, they went 14 and 18 on the season. They ended with a Ken Palm rank of 130. Not the uh, best. They wow. beat.
2: They, they went fourteen and eighteen and were the hundred and thirtieth best Ken Palm team. Yeah. That's
0: they uh lost their only anything. game in the Sunbelt Conference tournament too to Coastal Carolina. Uh they played a lot of tough teams last year. They played Gonzaga, uh that was the second ranked team at by the end of the season when you know coronavirus started. Uh Oregon was number 17, they lost to them, they lost to Houston, they lost to North Texas, which was a surprisingly good CUSA team last year. Uh, But they were able to beat some teams, the highest of which was Tulsa, which was ranked number 80. And that was the second game of the year. And Tech plays them this year as the second game of their season. So hopefully they don't keep up that second game winning streak. I have no idea if that goes back in time any. But let's talk about the team itself for a second because it was a Sunbelt team. They won the games they were supposed to win. They lost a lot of the games they weren't supposed to win. It happens. Uh, But they did have some seniors that left the program. Brian Warren and Rashad, Rashad Davis were two seniors that had a lot of minutes. Uh, Brian Warren played 69, nice percent of the minutes on the, he was on the court and Davis was just over half. They were two huge contributors to this team, uh, but they bring back a lot of talent as well. Um, uh, David Azor, he was actually their leading player by minutes. He was on the court three quarters of the time last year and kind of led the team in in the amount of possession and the number of shots and and a bunch of other you know basketball things it's weird i'm still in football mode (laughs) but yeah i know they have some new players coming in too evan who are they
2: yeah the one the one that i think we really need to be concerned about just in this first game for us is uh they have a junior guard transfer from tyler junior college named shahada wells um and as a sophomore there at tyler jc he ranked 21st in the country with 21.6 points per game and six assists per game, which was 23rd in the country. Um, he was named, at the end of the season, he was named a first-team All-American at that level. Um, so he is a a big-time scorer, and he's going to be their perimeter threat. And so we we really need to look out for him, because when he gets hot, I think he puts up a lot of points. And, you know, obviously the, the N, NJCAA is not... You know division one and everything but like if you're a if you're a shooter you're a shooter at whatever level i don't care what level it is so um
0: ball goes in hoop yeah
2: right (laughs) he gets two points he's uh he's gonna have his opportunities in this game and we're gonna have to play good perimeter defense to keep him uh to keep him quiet i think
0: yeah and shooting was really the weak point of this team last year which is weird because again that's most of what (laughs) basketball is (laughs) But from three-point land last year, they were 309th in the country. That's very, very low. From two-point land, it was 209th in the country. Uh, I guess where they made their living was at the charity stripe. They shot 75.2% on those free throw shots. That's 45th best in the country. So bringing in a true shooter into the program seems like exactly the move that they need to make to do good things in the Sun Belt Conference. They also got a lot of steals last year or prevented them really on offense. They were 18th best at preventing the other team from stealing the ball. So hmm.
2: That's, that's interesting because nice. that, that'll that be a, an interesting matchup for us because we love to play that. You know, we've, we've got some real guys on our team who can steal the ball. So, I mean, we'll see. It, it's the first game. Obviously, it should be a little messy. I'm not sure how much basketball training camps were affected by all this COVID stuff. I'm sure it had some kind of effect, but, you know, it probably not as much as like spring football getting canceled. Right. But right. Yeah. This this uh, Shahada Wells guy, he shot forty six point five percent from three last year uh, it, it, at the J.C. level. So, yeah, he's he's good. And then the other player you mentioned, Nathan, I'm worried about is that um David Azor, I guess is how you say his name. He was a second team all Sunbelt last year. Um He's their captain this season. And, you know, he's looking at potentially a, a player of the year kind of year for them. So, yeah, look out for him and and then the Shahada Wells guy and I don't know. We should be all right.
1: I mean, our offense should be much better than theirs. I mean, our defenses are comparable, but uh yeah, we should be we should be we should we should be able to score a decent amount of points cuz looking just at Kempom numbers, our offense ranks at about what is it? 96 in the country and theirs is all the way down at 155. Uh, I think I think we'll be okay. Yeah,
0: that's higher than I would have thought based on those two- and three-point shooting percentages. Maybe they just took a lot of shots. Yeah, one other guy I would mention, and we don't really, maybe some guys transferred out or whatever. I guess that's one of the things here is we're looking at players from last year. Sam Griffin, to me, is a huge thing because he was a true freshman last year, and he played over half the minutes for the team. And he, so he was out on the court a lot, getting a lot of experience. He wasn't the most used guy. He wasn't the most effective guy. Uh, he, he kept turnovers to a minimum which for this team was huge a few other things to (laughs) go. he was a good free throw shooter he was a an above average for this team two-point shooter yeah he was one of the better three-point shooters too I mean he he was what it sounds like with the new guy they're bringing in it feels like that's what this guy was last year come in we need a true shooter see what you're able to do Uh, again this guy was a freshman so a little bit more of a learning curve so let's see how he does this year Sam Griffin that's who I've got my eyes on and this first matchup on Friday night. But then after Friday comes Saturday, and after Saturday comes Sunday, and on Sunday, Thank Tech you. takes on Northwestern State in the second game of the Louisiana Tech tournament.
2: Yeah. Is it called the Louisiana Tech tournament, or is it the Louisiana Tech classic?
0: It probably is the classic, but
2: Hold on.
0: if you're going to call it the classic, it should happen for more than one year. I gotta think get that should the, be a rule.
2: Well, every classic has to start somewhere, right?
0: Yeah,
1: I, I guess. Know. It should be the Louisiana Tech tournament this year. And then next year. Next year could be the classic.
0: Well, we definitely don't host it
2: again. (laughs) Is the last time we played Northwestern 2014? That's what they have on their website. That's crazy. I would have thought we'd play them every year.
0: Northwestern last year went a straight up 15 and 15. So, not the best. As good as they were bad. I mean, they won their last game of the tournament and then everything got canceled. So, they may have, they could have won the whole thing still technically. Uh, they lost to some Conference USA teams that they played last year, or really just one in Rice. They also lost to Texas A&M and Tulane and ULM and LSU. They just weren't very – and McNeese. They just weren't very good against the state of Louisiana. They did beat Centenary, though, and Louisiana College and Nicole State and UNO, you know, those great programs. But, yeah, I mean, it's it. this team is another team that Tech is supposed to beat. Last year, they were ranked 270th in college basketball. This year, 267th going into the year. Again, Tech is ranked, what, 109th. It should be an easy win for the Bulldogs. Uh, last year, Northwestern, the uh, the Demons really struggled with turnovers. Their turnover percentage, they were 322nd in the country at preventing turnovers on offense. At, they were practically giving you the ball every time you ran by them. That That is a... A horrible, horrible number. They were a better shooting team, though, from three-point land. They were 75th in the country. And free throw shooting, again, better than Tech, but who else wasn't? They were shooting just about 73% from the charity stripe. Uh, Who knows about this year, though? Because, I mean, the team is new and different players and everything. So let's talk about the team for a second. Evan, uh, who should we keep our eyes on?
2: Yeah, I've got my eyes here on uh, their senior guard, Jamari, I guess is how you pronounce his first name. Jamari Gregg. Um, he had a good season last year. He averaged about eight points per game, but he really came on strong late in the season and they're looking for him to become their leader in the front court this season. So just, you know, be on the lookout for him.
0: Yeah, and really looking at this lo- roster last year, there's not a single senior on it until you get to the very, very bottom where LaTerrence Reed was in less than 6% of the minutes played. Oh, he wow. in the bench warmers section of this this Document You have it going from top to bottom by minutes played, or from uh, was this ranked by uh, possessions used? You have a junior, freshman, junior, sophomore, junior, junior, sophomore, freshman, junior, junior, junior. This team is very heavy on seniors for this coming year. Uh, this is a very senior late lead, lead in team. That's not a word. This team has a lot of seniors on it, and so <laughs> we'll see how those seniors go because this feels like if Northwestern's going to do anything anytime soon either make the NCAA tournament or maybe even make an upset in the NCAA tournament, this would be the year to do it. And if they want to get there, it would help if they upset tech to start the year before Louisiana tech, they play UT Arlington uh, on Saturday, the day before, but before that they travel to Texas tech, the sixth ranked team in the country. Oh wow! They're expected to get blown out. But if Northwestern state is able to beat the red Raiders, you know, maybe they could beat tech. I mean, if they meet the Red Raiders, they can definitely beat Tech, but who knows well, if they I, I
1: would. I mean, I don't know. Uh, what was it? Evansville beat Kentucky last year? Yeah. And then went up to stink up the rest of the year? Oh, just, they they were not good.
0: They could be oh, this year's Dayton. Who knows?
1: Could be.
2: Could be. Oh, we're this year's Dayton. Man, can you imagine yeah, let's, being let's a go one seed? Yeah, that'd be tight. <laughs> Yeah. A couple, couple other things to mention here about the demons. Uh, they have a senior from Slidell, but he went to Salmon. So that's gross. Um, and uh, yeah, all our, all our Slidell listeners know what, know what's going on. But um, uh, also their head coach is Mike McConathy, who is a former bulldog himself. He is in the tech sports hall of fame and He is or he finished as the school's second all time leading scorer with 2033 points. And he also tied uh, Mike Green's record for most points in a single game with 47. And he also scored 41 or more points in a game six times, which is he's the only Bulldog to ever do that. So pretty, pretty cool guy there. And, uh, you know, hopefully he does not win on Sunday. Is that what this game is? yeah sunday. it's
0: on sunday for now we'll see yeah uh one other guy on the team to talk about really quickly number 30 Trenton massner he was a kind of role player last year he was only used on less than 20 percent of the possessions but when he was used he was used to shoot a lot of three pointers he shot 81 from deep he made 34 of them which doesn't sound like a lot but that's 42 percent from deep Pretty on a good. significant sample size that's 84th Pretty best in the country So hopefully he stays cold throughout the weekend in November in Ruston. Yeah. Yeah. Let's cover some uh, women's games because that starts up this year too. Or of course it starts up this year. It starts up this week as well. Uh, The women's team welcomes to Ruston McNeese state and grambling, both of which they're supposed to win handily. And that's saying a lot because the women's team is not predicted to be all that good. Oh, what can you say about these teams, Evan?
2: Yeah. So um, in Massey, the Texters are ranked number two hundred and three. Um, I'm not sure how many teams there are, but looks like at least three hundred and fifty because McNeese is ranked number three forty-nine. So Oof. uh yeah, and and Grambling is three thirty. Three
0: hundred and fifty-five teams.
2: Okay, yeah. So these are two bottom of the barrel, absolute bottom of the barrel teams we're playing uh this week. Um last year both the lady cowboys the cowgirls i guess would make more sense and the lady tigers (laughs) went five and 24 both teams did tech say say that again
0: really quickly five and 24
2: five and 24 yes uh that's almost i wonder did they play each other i'm curious okay they did not play each other so anyway (laughs) uh yeah they both went five and 24 and tech actually played both of them and won both times they beat mcneese 79 to 54 and they beat Grambling only 70 to 66, so you know, kind of a kind of a closer game than I think we would have liked there. But yeah, this will be the fourth meeting between the Texters and Grambling, uh, Tech having won all three of those. And then,
0: real quick about McNeese though, uh, their five wins last year, the first one came over Houston Baptist, or the last one did, I guess. But the other four wins were over Northwestern, LSU, Shreveport, ULM, and Centenary. So, they seem to be pretty good against Northern Louisiana teams. And now I'm nervous. <laughs> Tech did beat them last year, 79 to 54, but still.
2: Yeah. And this will be the 30th all time meeting between the Cowgirls and the Lady Texters, with Tech leading that all time series 22 to 7. So, I mean, mm-hmm. really, these should be two pretty much just tune up games, hopefully, to get ready. Uh, Massey gives tech an 89% chance to beat McNeese and an 85% chance to beat grambling. Um, and then uh, I should mention these McNeese is on Wednesday and grambling is on uh, next Monday, but we're covering it now because it's our show and we can do whatever the hell we want. That's and true.
0: I mean, the next show comes out next Tuesday. So
2: yeah. <laughs> um, and, and you know, next week the texters go face um, Texas, who is the number 24 team in Massey. So it would oh be really nice to get some confidence built up and kind of figure out who your who your players are going to be, what your style is going to be in these two games, so that you can go, I don't know, maybe have a chance against a team like Texas. And beat them. Yes, of course.
0: Yeah, and looking at that those Massey ratings for the women's team, I mean, of course, you've got Texas that's a 5% chance to win, but there's nothing else that's really that low until the end of the year where there's Rice with a 19% chance to win in Houston. Uh, There are a lot of games that seem winnable on this schedule, a lot of 80%, 70% in that kind of category. Even Marshall on the road in Huntington on back-to-back games for 47% chance to win. This team, if they're slightly better than what we think they are, they could make a, a decent run and have a decent record at the end of the year.
2: Yeah, and I mean, just just looking at this, the best teams in Conference USA are Rice, MTSU, and Western Kentucky. They are 91, 92, and 93 um, overall in, in Massey, and we get four of those five games at home. So even against MTSU and Western Kentucky we're getting a 35 and a 36% chance to win and then at Rice to finish things out is pretty rough but it's only one game it's not a it's not a doubleheader so
1: yeah. um
2: i don't know it it's looking good uh we have to play at UAB as well and that they're giving us 28% chance to win but <clears throat> other than that like you said i mean 19% at Rice is the lowest chance other than the Texas game and the Texas game is just you know to make a little money i think so
0: to fund the rest of the season. this The schedule looks winnable, and and it just, it's is this team up for the challenge? Have they improved enough over last year to make a run of it? Yeah, let's hope Especially because, so. yeah, because if if they win a bunch of these games going to that final stretch that we talked about last week where you have uh, North Texas, UAB, Middle Tennessee State, and Rice, where you're getting progressively hard, <laughs> more difficult teams until you meet Rice and what Rice may win the conference, if not then, then maybe Middle Tennessee, where you're playing tougher and tougher teams after you've had a season to build up the momentum and to to figure everything out. If you get to that point and you're doing well, then you could win the whole thing and get to the tournament. Like we remember tech doing in the past. Yeah. The, the schedule set up for them to win. I feel a lot more optimistic than I did last week, but again, they have to win and we'll yeah. see if that happens. And if I mean, they, the, if they can't beat McNeese and grambling, then there are very few teams on the schedule. They can beat.
2: Yeah. It's, it's tough because it's like last year, the thing that they lacked was consistency. And so you see those back-to-back Marshall at Marshall games to start out conference play. And it's pretty much, it's pretty much a toss up. They've got uh, Massey has the score as 66, 64 uh, Marshall wins. So, but we could get two wildly different performances in both of those games. Like we saw last year. Um, So it's, it's really just going to be about coming out every single week and playing your best game. But uh, and multiple times a week, obviously, in most cases, but you know, still in football mode here. Uh, so yeah. there's 23 games on the schedule here. What would you guys be content with wins-wise for the Texters?
1: Oh, man, let's see. I mean, y- you got to win these first two games. Uh, I mean, I don't see us winning at Texas. Winning the both, winning both Marshall games would be great. Uh, other than that, I mean
2: i mean i'm I'm thinking like is 15 wins enough like 15 and 8 is that good enough for us to be like and let's say it's let's say it's like six losses in conference maybe that'd probably put you middle of the pack right not not 11th but not first right
1: 15 would be great that means we pretty much split all our conference games
0: i don't know if i'm just i have too high of hopes for where i want this team to be i feel like The people I criticize, the football fans I criticize where it's, hey, look, we've won all these bowl games, be happy and you're not. To me, eighteen and five on this schedule is what to me would be a I'm happy. And maybe and that's not what content is. Content is a step or two lower than that. But eighteen and five to me would be a we had a very good year. Anything yeah, yeah. less than that feels like we're, a disappointment again we're because we're building towards this
2: program. We're, we're building yeah. towards something that I like, right? It, right? 18 and 5 is not where we want to be in the USA where the best team is ranked 91st in the country, right? We yeah. we want to we want to be pushing the ranks up, right? That's that's where we want to be as a program, but I mean 18 and 5 would be amazing for this year.
0: If we give the 80s team or the or a 90s team the schedule, maybe they lose to Texas, but they don't lose to anybody else here.
2: Oh yeah, no. I mean, and
0: so it's and it's optimistic and it's naive to think, oh yeah, we used to be like this, so we'll be like that again in the future. But we play teams in the two hundreds and three hundreds and the high one hundreds, and very rarely do we get to double digit numbers when we come when it turns to rankings of these teams. Losing to Rice, one of the Middle Tennessee games, one of the Western Kentucky games, and Texas, and one other random loss somewhere that puts us at eighteen and five. Yeah, and that's super optimistic, but that that anything less than that to me feels meh but you have yeah. to take this in small steps usually so sometimes you need the meh
2: i mean i i think for me 15 and 8 i would be content with that because it would mean we're not going to be in double digits in terms of our placement in conference but yeah i mean you're you're absolutely right like where i want to be is to go 22 and 1 23 and 0 this season yeah. and, and to not have the texas game be a five percent chance but to have it be like a a 60-40 in favor of Texas, who's the home team or something like that, you know? But I think realistically, we're probably looking at something like 15-8 uh, and eight as maybe the ceiling here. But, I mean, look, the, the out-of-conference, outside of Texas, the best team we play is still ranked lower than we are in Massey. And they're all home games. That's weird. All of these are home games except for Texas. So, I mean, if we're not – we're playing McNeese, Grambling, Texas, Jackson State, Pine Bluff – ULM and ULL if we're not at least five and two right I mean we got to be five and two coming out of this yeah
1: conference. I mean ideally we should be six should, and one should
2: be six and one and then you know what the conference play builds from there hopefully going on the road to start out hurts but I don't know I mean it's equally as easy for me to see us having a losing season with only 23 games on the schedule but you know, for the sake of optimism, I think 15 and eight or even something like 17 and, and six or something like that is possible and put us in it. That puts us in a good position for the conference tournament. So, you know, hopefully the Texters can turn it around this year. And I think I said last week, it's the fifth year of the stores as head coach. So, I mean, it's time for them to turn it around if they're going to. That's yep. that's what I'll finish out as. Finish out you said with. for the
0: this- for the sake of optimism, I think that should be the new name of the podcast because that's a lot of what we do. It's for the sake of optimism, we're gonna beat Texas. Uh yeah, let's Oof. let's real quick before we get to Twee of the Week and end of show stuff, let's do our predictions about these four games the two men's and two women's games. Personally, I think tech goes four and oh on the weekend and, and wins all these games. None of them are are very losable. I mean, of course, you can lose any game. And tech has never lost to Northwestern State in any sport before in the recent memory. Never. Uh so <laughs> Yeah, I mean, all these games should be wins, and so I I think they all will be. What do you guys yeah. think?
2: Uh, uh, this week, I mean, yeah, man, I, and I'd be remiss if we're talking about Northwestern State basketball versus Tech, and I didn't mention that Raheem Appleby hit a buzzer-beating uh, three-pointer to win 94-93 to 93 in 2011 uh, in double overtime, and that is one of my favorite Tech Sports moments um, because he hit it. It was like from half court, and... I swear, I almost had a heart attack because it was fucking crazy. But anyway, yeah, I, th- I think we're gonna win all four of these games, and you know, build for some tougher games next week for both teams.
1: Yeah, I'm. I mean, Tech's got to go four and this week. You know, that's that's the expectation. There's, and I don't know. I guess I can see the men l- dropping one. You know, you know, going one and one, and being being able to convince myself that you know it's just okay. But there's yeah. that, like. The, the textures better go to and no, or else we got we got some problems.
2: Yeah, I mean, first of all, we should not be losing to in-state sub three hundred team in, in women's basketball. Like we used to dominate the entire state, right? And it's the only three reason three. we don't is our it's our own fault, right? So we we cannot be losing to the like also ran programs unless that's what we just are now, right? And I'm not ready to admit that that's where we are. So. Whew. So yeah, yeah. I, I think 4-0, and, oh, and you know, if the men drop one, I don't think it's the end of the world, like you said, Josh. But yeah, I, I, can I can convince myself both. it's okay.
0: I mean, with weird training camp things and getting an early season loss doesn't always feel like the end of the world, but and we don't have that, that preseason game against the, the Louisiana School of the Blind or whatever that we play <laughs> that used to be in the uh, Memorial Gym because no one wanted to go see Tech Harlem Globetrotter all over people.
2: South southeastern northwestern Arkansas Baptist Seminary Bible College or whatever. Yeah, coming to yeah. town to get to get beat one hundred and three to eighteen, and
0: making a hundred and ten dollars while doing it. <laughs> all right, so real quick before we actually wrap up the show, let's jump back in and let's talk about some football things real quick because as, after we finished recording this episode, immediately after we became aware of some things, oh, you didn't have to spill um, all the
1: beans, Nathan.
0: Yeah, well. <laughs> It's weird because this will come probably in the middle of the show somewhere. So time travel. Anyway, Greg Luca, a UTSA beat reporter, um, I believe from the Express News in San Antonio. He has some clarity on on, uh, the division races. From the conference USA office today, today being November twenty-third. Division winners will be determined by winning percentage. But to be considered, a team must play no less than two fewer conference games than the average number of conference games played by all conference teams. Let's right. boil that down for a second because that's a lot of words.
2: Yeah. So so basically what they're gonna do is they're gonna take the average of conference games played by active teams, we assume they're not gonna count ODU in this. If they do. I mean, we're stupid as hell, but they're going to take the average conference games played and then say you've got to play at least or you have to have played no less than two below that. So, like if the average ended up being six and you only played three games, you're not eligible, right? If the average ends up being five and you played three, I don't know what they'll do. Uh, I mean, did anybody yeah. check the and math? On that I yet? just
0: checked his math. It is 4.3. Okay. That's excluding ODU. Which i
2: don't yeah so matter yeah. so so far through week whatever the hell this week is supposed to be 12 uh <laughs> the average number of games <laughs> in conference played by active cusa teams is 4.3 so tech currently has played five so we would be eligible based on that even if you
0: include old dominion it's four for some reason if you want to include them uh, again using greg luca's math here which i haven't looked to see how many games each team has left on their schedule that are supposed to be played. But according to Greg Luca, the highest that average will be, would be five. So as long as you've played five games in conference, you should qualify for the conference championship, assuming you're leading your division. So Uh,
2: is he, is he saying if every single team were to finish out their season? Yes. So, so
0: if no, if, if, if coronavirus COVID-19 cancels zero college games from here on out, and no new ones are scheduled that aren't already postponed to dates, (laughs) that That minimum number of games would be five.
2: Did this tweet take into account that we already canceled with FIU for this week, I wonder?
0: Um, Well, then it'd be lower.
2: um, Yeah, but but my point here is that the minimum games would be five if everybody played. So that means the average would go up to like seven, right?
1: No. No. No, that average is five. You're saying, yeah, if everyone played the games they're supposed to, the average will come out to five games
2: that can't
0: be so as long as you've played five games no 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 no,
2: because it's too fewer right so So,
1: okay maybe he's saying the the average whatever the average is if the
2: average is seven then you'd only have to have played five games if the average is five you only have to play three games which every single team has already hit okay
1: yeah you know actually you're right
2: yep so i don't think
1: this rule means nothing
2: hold on but it can't just go up to five though if every team were to play three more games right
1: uh i mean would that would put marshall up. at seven that would put fau at eight
2: yeah so the average okay,
1: would be- you want to
0: do all this math real quick Re- read me everything real quick
1: so okay we got eight seven uh six nine nine six okay, that's east division and then we would have nine six
2: that's gonna average to seven no doubt uh
1: eight seven six eight and six
0: yeah that's seven point three yeah um, So yeah,
2: that that five is a minimum. If every team were to play three. So that's not going to happen because Tech already had our game canceled. We have one game left on the schedule, not three. So, I mean, I don't know. Basically, if I'm UAB, I'm pretty worried though. Uh, UAB is two and one currently in in conference. They've got USM this week and then Rice after that. That should be good enough. If they were Mm -hmm. to win both of those games, five games will probably end up being good enough. But if one of those gets canceled, I don't think they're going to have enough to get it.
0: Yeah. Unless i and games could always be moved around. Who knows what the conference office will do, especially when it comes to the team in Birmingham. So we'll <laughs> see how, how this all shakes out. But what this tells me as a tech fan though, most importantly is that we've played enough games to qualify no matter what happens, unless a bunch of new games are added to the schedule and the championship game is pushed back a week or two. And then we tech don't is good anymore. enough to qualify it has played enough games. Here's where it gets interesting though. UTSA is four and two in conference. UAB is two and one in conference. Both those teams by percentage are above tech and North Texas is also at two and two. And I guess maybe still on the race, maybe not, but UTSA has one game left on their schedule. I believe I'm pulling this up now where they they play rice. No, sorry. North Texas.
2: Yeah. They have North Texas this weekend. Oh God. This could get
1: real weird.
0: Here's the thing though. If, That game gets canceled and no more games are made up. UTSA has six games played. They qualify. They are four and two. Tech is three and two. So UTSA would head on. However, the exception to the winning percentage rule is this by Greg Luca. If a team has the same number of losses and one fewer win, that team is considered tied. So, for example, five and two and four and two is a tie. And he says that could become relevant for UTSA. So four and two and three and two is a tie between UTSA and Louisiana Tech, however, UTSA has the head to head. so if we take UAB out of this, then if nothing happens this coming weekend and the North Texas game also doesn't get made up for tech, then UTSA moves on
2: so oh my gosh, if that makes if, no
1: sense to count four and two and three and two as a tie though
2: God well, it's just saying it's it's not fair for tech that we had more games canceled, you know. Than, than UTSA did, as long as yeah. we meet that minimum threshold. But, yeah, okay, stay with me here for a second. We lost to UTSA, we beat UAB, UAB beat UTSA. What if we all end up with two losses and technically qualified? We're in the same time warp situation that we were in last year where we don't know who the hell is going to win the tiebreakers. We don't know what the tiebreakers are beyond this, right? So if, if UAB were to lose one of their two remaining games. Let's let's assume both of UAB's final two games get played. They play USM this weekend and then Rice on the 12th. Um so they've even got another weekend the fifth. They could they could add a game there potentially. But let's assume that they end up at three and two and UTSA, let's assume they end up at four and two, their game this weekend gets canceled, and then tech ends up either at three and two or four and two, depending on if we get to play again. What are we what is going to happen. That, yeah. We're a
0: three-way tie territory. And
2: we all know ties don't go to the Bulldogs. That's, that's what we've determined.
0: Yeah. yeah well, you lose by one, no matter what, even if it's a tiebreaker,
2: maybe they give it and, to the, well, team let's the, over to the East drought. side for
0: a second. Marshall, you know, that the team in conference USA, that's ranked They're 17th yeah. in the country right now. They've only played four conference games.
2: Yeah. So if they it hadn't qualified today, yet, they would not qualify. It would go to FAU who Marshall beat head to
0: head. Well, if it ended today they might qualify. It depends on a 4.3 which is the average if, if the season ended right now oh, the average right. games played by team would be 4.3. So you just I have believe to play, would actually round down.
2: You just have but, to play 2.3 I guess depending on how they yeah. do rounding. So as long as you would play 3 which every team that's yeah. active has played 3 games in conference. Yeah, even Rice has played 3. So if the
0: season ends right now, UTSA and Marshall play I believe in the yeah, in the turn and the yeah. uh, again if that game gets played even, but Wait, Marshall
2: has two. No, <laughs> if it ended right now, UAB would get it, right? No, no, no. If it ended right now, because they would play too- FAU. No, no, Wait. no. It's two fewer. No. Oh God, I hate this. It's two fewer than the average. The average is four point three. UAB has played three, so they are in the lead right now, but if enough games get played and UAB has one or both of theirs canceled, they probably won't reach the threshold. Maybe
0: we, we started sucks. recording this again because it's like, let's talk about this, but let's I'm more confused now this. than I was yeah. when we started this.
2: The thing we keep forgetting is that it's not who's in the lead. It's who's in the lead. As long as they have, you enough know, games. the average minus two, which UAB does right now, but they might, if both of their games get canceled, they won't probably. <laughs> Depending on how many other Depending games Depending on if played. other teams play. <laughs> Christ. So,
0: so, let's, so let's say that, okay, when it comes to Tech, here's what we know. Tech yeah. has played enough games to qualify no matter what happens for the rest of the season. Yes. If the North Texas game gets canceled. It's okay in terms of qualifying for the tur- For I keep wanting to say the tournament because we just talked about basketball. But for the conference championship game. However, Tech does not exist in a vacuum. UAB and UTSA have both done very well this year and depending on how their games go or depending on if tech plays another game and wins another game or whatever can determine who wins out of those three schools
1: so we uh, need yeah to, utsa to lose their next game and we need uab to lose two games
2: i think to have a chance at this yeah we need you just, just to need, lose one UAB We just UAB need uab to lose once because we beat them head to head so we'll be good
1: yeah okay yeah
2: as long as as long as long UAB ends up with two losses in conference. Now, they play Southern Miss and Rice, and they may they may uh, try to it. add a Rice, third game.
0: Rice has got them. Rice is good. Rice would probably
2: him. do it. This is a Rice-friendly podcast, as we know. Um, it is. Gothic script is a UTSA plays North Texas this weekend, so uh, go Mean Green. I mean, let's be on the Absolutely. record about that, because otherwise I don't think it's going to happen, because they'll just sit there. If they end up at 5-2, and two, they're not going to add another game. Why no, don't would they do that? yeah they, they had their rice game postponed no i'm not playing rice if i'm them i'm i'm beefing up sitting back and you know getting healthy for the conference title game if i'm them at that point you're
1: gonna play against fau
2: although they would lose a head-to-head tiebreaker with uab so maybe they maybe they would Depending schedule how
1: uab does maybe yeah, they, yeah, how UAB plays. yeah
2: maybe they would schedule an extra game to try to get to six and two so that if uab ends up at four and two they they automatically win the uh the win percentage thing, right? Wow. Yeah. There are so right. many scenarios here. This is crazy. Yeah. Of course, it's All just right. going to so end what, up as what I would suggest If <laughs> you just heard
0: us say a bunch of three letter acronyms over and over again and, and are, are losing your mind trying to keep up with everything, pull up the standings of Conference USA on either ESPN or wherever and kind of listen back to what we just said and, and kind of follow along with, with those numbers that are there because it's it's a very hard thing to describe yeah. over audio when we're talking about standings and numbers and a bunch of things that could go a bunch of different ways. Um, but Tech is still in it so, when it comes to the football championship. And Marshall doesn't even have the East on lock either. Nope, uh, no. Florida Atlantic is 4-1 and one right behind them.
1: What's really funny to me looking at this ESPN standing page is that they have FIU listed under Old Dominion just because <laughs> <laughs> they have their own 3. And Old Dominion's not playing football this year. They they very, may well end the year... Above FIU yeah. at standing,
2: <laughs> that is that is quite funny. Yeah. Old
0: Dominion's at zero games above 500, but at least they're not in
1: the next zero points allowed. That's pretty good,
2: yeah. That's yeah. pretty good, hey, better than us,
1: yeah. yeah. Uh, let's not talk yeah, about we, our uh, points, well, yeah, our let's points talk about allowed. that negative
2: point differential.
1: <laughs> Darn you, BYU. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Let's uh, let's jump back into the ending part of the show now. Yeah, we talked enough about basketball and some about football this. Episode. Let's wrap it up with the tweet of the week, which starts about football and ends about soccer, you know, the real football. Uh, this week, Tech got a commitment from T- Jacob Brown, a punter. Uh, so, you know, maybe we'll get some help at the special teams unit that could probably use some if we ever play a Tech football game again. Matt Galleon, our very own Matt Galleon, tweeted at that guy saying that he joins an ex- exclusive list of people who are from Kansas City, Missouri and have attended or will attend Louisiana Tech. The the list currently consists of myself and Jacob, the both Matt and the new punter. La Tech report, you know, because they know everything. Tweeted at Matt saying, "How can you for, how can you call yourself a La slash soccer fan and forget Tech's all time leading goal scorer, two time Louisiana Player of the Year, Academic All American, Conference USA Scholar Athlete of the Year, and so on, etc." La Tech legend Katherine Sloan, who was also from Kansas City, Missouri. So this Matt week's tweet the week goes to La tech report for Duncan on Matt.
2: Matt's <laughs> a fake fan. He's a hey, fake Matt's fan. Not even here to defend himself. Fake so fan. phony. <laughs> in a
0: week where most of Tech Twitter was just sad about the lack of football going on in Rustin, or at least with our football team. Uh let's let's give it to something that's a little more. I'm not sure what that is, but it's not sad.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: But yeah, that about wraps it up for this episode of the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G-O-T-E-C-H-P-L-S-D-N-T-D-I-E. Or head to our blog where Evan just posted today or yesterday or one day earlier this week, depending on when you're listening to the episode, a preview of the tech basketball schedule for men's basketball. That blog is at gtpdd.dog.gov. And, of course, if game happens, I'm sure Evan will have a contest up. Uh, I'll have a sim-up of the FIU game up on, on Thanksgiving or maybe the day before, since who wants to watch YouTube? Well, maybe it's a good distraction from all the family that may be in town. That will be up on the GoTech YouTube channel, the NCAA 14 simulation. Uh, but until next time, I'm Nathan.
1: I'm Evan. And I'm not Matt Galleon. <laughs>
0: Fortunately. And GoTech, please don't die.
2: I don't know. This is a nightmare. This is a freaking
1: nightmare.